This is the Podcast Inc. production. Booyah! This is the moment podcasting fans listening around the world have been waiting for. Coming to you not so live from a listening device of your choice. It's time! Podcasting out of this corner, a mixed martial talker, holding no professional record. He stands at six feet one and one half inches tall, weighing in at whatever he feels like, hailing out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, presenting the sometimes angry, always funny, Self-proclaimed podcasting champion of the world, Steve Fingerstyles! So, welcome to another rendition of the podcast. I am here once again, always again, and brought to you by First Row Collectibles, if you're into nerd culture, if you're into sports memorabilia, if you're into wrestling memorabilia, please visit firstroll.ca, use promo code THEPODCAST20, you'll get 20% off, they got everything from signed comic books, to wrestling figures, wrestling magazines, sports memorabilia, anything you need or want, it is there, best thing is, they update daily, and they ship worldwide, so please visit them at firstrow.ca. If you're into video games and books, please visit bossfightbooks.com for great books on classic video games. You'll find titles like Shovel Knight, Postal, Resident Evil, and so many others. Everything you see on their websites available in paperback and ebook format. So please check them out at bossfightbooks.com. If you're looking for the best supplements and CBD products, please visit LegacySubs.com. Use promo code THEPODCAST to receive 10% off. They got everything from sleep aid to muscle building, anything you need or want to make you feel better. It does wonders. It's good for everyone, so please check them out. They are Legacy Sports Nutrition at LegacySubs.com. If you want to support me directly, please visit my merchandise store at tpublic.com or scroll down on today's device. It's embedded right there in the description. Click on that link. It takes you right to the merchandise store. I got everything from hoodies to t-shirts to travel mugs, anything you need or want. It is literally there. But the most important thing, the freest thing, the best thing you should be doing each and every week is rate, subscribe, review on all major platforms, most specifically Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So this week, I'm joined by returning guests, as usual. I, You know what? I've been doing such great introductions, I can't keep it up, so I'd rather fuck it up with you guys. So I don't know what else to say, but you guys are from the UK, you guys are idiots, you guys love wrestling. You know, it's, it's Max and Jesse. <laughs> I remember when we were on this show and you were so before like we've been on it lots you know so and you, you were so polite you were so nice to us and respectful that's what happened it's like oh it's our friends from across the pond isn't it great that they come on and like no now it's just all out the window no the honeymoon stage is over my friend long long over long honeymoon period we're in the bitter resentment stage of the relationship oh. I think when's, when's the divorce episode coming Oh, that's true. I, I guess, you know what, 
I, when I eventually end this, I want you guys to be on the finale, obviously. So maybe, and I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I want you guys to be at least the last segment, the last three voices they hear is us three before the podcast dies. How about that? Nice. Well, you, you were the last on ours. When ours died, you, you had the longest segment. Oh, see. There you go, yeah. If we're doing a divorce segment, can I shit in your bed? So does that... Typical. That's rare for you to... <laughs> So does that make us an actual thruple then? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah why not? <laughs> I don't know. I'm the buffer they bring in. I I've always been skeptical of polyamorous relationships and why? not because not because I think they're a bad like like anyone could do whatever they want. Sure. But everyone I've ever met who's in one okay. has something going on upstairs, right? Like that's just my experience of like the ones I've met. There's just like there's some sort of trauma in their life that makes them a little bit nutty and that's why they enjoy polyamorous relationships. But I'm starting to be able to see the appeal when like you can just oh. I just, just yeah. it's just nice to sort of not one person has everything you want, right? It's just nice to sort of pick and choose. I mean, yeah, you're okay. going to lie and say, oh, yeah, no, my wife's perfect. Yeah, but we don't well, no, I'm not, I'm not saying perfect, but it checks off majority of the, I'd say at least 80 to 90% for sure. What's that What's that 10? What doesn't she have that you crave? <laughs> I don't fucking know, but no one's perfect. That's why. You're, you're missing exactly. that whatever it is. It's like this person, great boobs, eh, the ass could be better. Here we go, lovely ass, ah, torso like a man. But put them together. Okay, who's the perfect person out there? There's nobody, just... Exactly, so just have several, that's what I'm saying. I'm into the polyamory. Jesus. As long as they're mentally unhinged. As long as they're mentally unhinged. Through blowjobs. (laughs) Yes, he's done the research. So much research. Okay, well, hold on. Before we get into anything else... Let's check their teeth. <laughs> <laughs> a dear and close friend of mine just had surgery and is recovering nicely at home. I just wanted to give him a shout-out. So, Simon Cromwell, heal up, my friend. This episode is dedicated to you. Ah, lovely Crummy. This isn't live, is it? No, so he's not going to be like listening right now. Um, God bless him. Did he send you a little message? No, no. Well, we we ended up following each other on Instagram for a while now, and because of our love for the penguins, you know, we sort of started talking and whatever, whatnot. So we formed a relationship, right? And then uh, I saw him going in, and then I was just like, "Hey, man, like, good luck, whatever, whatever." So, yeah, shout out to him. Yeah, big shout out to Crobby. Um, I've seen him tomorrow, actually. Oh, there um, he's, yeah, love Crom. Had his neck all sorted, and um, he's he's come through his neck surgery, and he's looking awesome. Yeah, he got the edge treatment by not wrestling for twenty years. Yeah, See? don't know how he did it. it he could just, he just texted us one day, and he was like, "My neck's fucked." And we were like, "How did this happen?" I don't know. <laughs> just get my my spine fused. All right, Crom, have at it. Yeah. There you go. I don't know. Well, that leads into wrestling, then I guess, right? <laughs> there we go. That's what we're here to do. We got distracted quite quickly, didn't we? Yes, so yes, yes. You, so we did. You got distracted quite quickly <laughs> by yourself, <laughs> by myself and my winky. Wow. What else is new? What else is new? So, okay, this is our first. Well, not first, but this is our new era of ushering in us talking about AEW pay per views, double or nothing. So. What do you want to talk about? For you want to go first, Jesse? You want to pick your match of the night or the match you well, want to talk it, about? Well, I do. That, yeah, it's not the match of the night, but I know we'll want to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Give yeah. us a bit of context, though, Jesse, Steve. Like, why we're leaving WWE behind and now we're like AEW marks? Fucking hell! Well, we're we not jump ship, haven't we? we well, it's ship. just because you know SummerSlam and Survivor Series—they are what they are. It's not that interesting anymore, in my opinion. 
Royal Rumble, you know, you still get your surprises. WrestleMania, you know, you got to talk about it. it's the big show. You know what I mean? Even if it's not the greatest every year. But no, we move over to AEW because, uh, you know, they have a not superior product, but a different enough product where it makes me want to watch just as much as I used to watch WWE, if that makes sense. How about that? Yeah, the pay-per-view nice. is still different. Yeah. It's nice to watch something grow as opposed to stagnate. Well, you know what, and that's the thing, because if once WWE, I guess, you know what, hopefully, to the point where they feel like AEW is an actual competition, and they start doing what they were doing before back in the day and just switching shit up, then okay, but it's true, it's, how long has it been like this for, what is it, 10, 15 years now? The same old formula, the same old things, like, I know they throw in a little bit here, and like, even what the, what they're doing with Edge now, and now even with other stables coming in, it looks like they're forming more and more stables, which they haven't done in friggin' eons. But other than that, what are they doing? Like, Cody's there now, great. Like, Oh, I think you could play any of the SummerSlam review episodes me and Jesse have been on, listen to the next one, and they'd pretty much be the same content of us talking about it. That's the problem. Mm. Although I will say about Cody in WWE, I'm quite enjoying the whole sort of Poochie the Dog vibe that he has going on. Um, do you remember when they brought in Poochie the Dog in The Simpsons for Itchy and Scratchy? Of course. And they were like... Poochie is the new character to freshen things up. And when he's off screen, everyone should be saying, where's Poochie? <laughs> That's basically what <laughs> Cody is with WWE. And I'm quite into that. But in a sort of... And, and then way. he'll go back to AEW and the WWE will be like, he died on the way to his... <laughs> <laughs> well, how long do you think... How about this? How long do you think before the fans start turning like they did in AEW? fans are a lot more fickle and switched on or they don't leave their basements much whereas WE fans now is very family friendly and they cheer for who they're meant to cheer for um, I, I can't think of Toronto the next show they play in Toronto people or Chicago Cody, I think or Chicago yeah yep. yeah Chicago they would yeah, do you remember SummerSlam 04 I think it was when Edge came out and got booed um, I think that was in Toronto as well. When I came back from, yeah. And he was like supposed to be super over babyface, and that's what actually started them turning him heel. Um, and he got booed by the Toronto fans, and I feel like Cody's going to have a similar trajectory with um, with his comeback and all that. Well, See, in Toronto. But in the end, we're still talking about WWE. Anyways, let's yeah. move on. AEW, my I friends. All right, so okay. we're, we're each going to pick a match that we enjoyed, and then at the end, we're going to pick the big, I guess, the two best matches or the two that should be talked about the most. So, Jesse, my friend, lead us off. Um, yes, Wardlow and MJF opening the show. Um, fucking every time I think I can't love MJF anymore, <laughs> um, he just does stuff that is so good because... Like, he is the perfect heel in so many ways. And nowadays, with smart fans, it's being the perfect heel almost turns you into a babyface because people just love how good you are at that. Look at Kevin Owens and people like that who have done that very well. Um, Roman, yeah. MJF, though, all of this, like, no-showing events and, like, sort of, and, like, leaving straight, and all this stuff, which is, like... I think a work. It has to be a work. We don't know. And uh, it, but it is. Come on, don't be a child. Like it's. You can't do that, Jesse. You can't. Yes, can't I can. Ch- Allowed to be worked once in a while. No, being a fucking nope. smart. No, no, no. no your I'm, life. Not, I'm, not, I'm just saying that I'm just respecting it. As a fellow cunt, I am respecting that his like 
the work he's doing there sure. is keeping the fans booing the fuck out of him. Because if he wasn't doing all this stuff, people would be cheering him by now because he's fucking amazing on the mic. He puts on good matches. And it's like, how can you keep booing this guy? You're going to have to start cheering him. But no, he's added all this extra shit that keeps people booing him, chanting, fuck you, MJF, all that stuff. And turning Wardlow into a fucking megastar, which is amazing. And Wardlow, to me, sorry, Steve, to say the W word again, like is a WWE-style character to me. He looks like a sort of sports entertainer in that sort of mould of Batista sort of vibe. And... But they're just working it beautifully. Like, that squash match was so well done. And Wardlow did prove that you don't have to do flip after flip or, like, do this crazy, amazing wrestling matches to get over. You just need to have a damn fucking good heel opposite you in the ring. And you need people to invest in you. And that's what he did. All he did was powerbomb MJF ten times. And it was so entertaining. So entertaining. What, What I liked is... They did all the build-up of the Sean Spears interference and all of the mind games, all of this, but the match had none of that. It had none of the shenanigans, because that match could have well, he on. tried, but he got caught. Yeah, but that could have been shenanigan after shenanigan after shenanigan, and MGF, okay, okay. and then Wardlow getting beaten down and beaten down, and then finally getting the powerbomb. But they, they didn't go that route, and it was, it was great to see, and... From when I first started watching AEW and then there was all the promo packages of Mr. Mayhem and the War Machine and he's coming. I was like, oh, they're just bringing in this really generic looking big dude. And it took a long time, I think, for any AEW fan to really warm up to Wardlow. But from the CM Punk stuff, they have just slow built that. As you said, with the Batista turn back in 2004 Hmm. or 5, slowly, slowly, slowly until you just can't get enough of Wardlow. I just want Wardlow on my screen every week. It's wicked. And you totally... It's its the Goldberg playbook. It's the Batista playbook. Yeah, it's just... It's worked. It, it's worked before and it's still working now. And I love it. Like some... I love how timeless this method of turning someone into a massive star is. It's great. Yeah, and I just can't... I hope they don't wait too, too long to pull the trigger. I could see him being TNT champ before being world champ, though. And I think he should just oh, go yeah. right for the world title, though. I don't think they should put yeah. the goal for TNT. It'll make the TNT championship interesting again, which would be great. Well, because yeah, that is shit the bed hard. Well, um, you guys aren't a fan of uh, what's his name, Sammy Guevara and Ty Conte making out. Sammy and Ty, no. no. There was a time, Max, when you were obsessed with Sammy. You, um, he was and your Ty guy, Conte. right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Absolutely loved them, but it's just I don't know. They, they made. Yeah, overexposure, and mm. he has got that such shit-eating, punchable face that he is perfect for this. <laughs> and then the whole stuff with... It's, it's the Edge and Lita playbook, if we're talking ex-playbooks, of that really gross, over-the-top, like, talking down to the fan. It's Edge in 2005 is what Sammy's doing. Not as well, but he's still doing it. Um, but the fact that he can get Dan Lambert over it as a face, that is <laughs> masterful work. It is, it is, not kidding. Well, back again to, to MJF and Wardlow. I don't know if you guys caught it, but I don't know why they didn't zoom in on him more. When he when MJF was going off on a stretcher, he was sort of giving the finger on the way out, and they sort of cut from that. So I don't know if they wanted people to see. Like, you know well, what I mean? Cut, what a missed opportunity. Uh, like Vince McMahon style. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. But the reason they cut from that is because, did you see what the fucking paramedic did? The no. of AEW. What? He put the oxygen mask over his nose and eyes. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> 
That's right. And like, yeah, we can't show that. And they, he kept it because they cut to a shot with him going through the curtain at the end. And the yeah. mask was still over his nose <laughs> and eye. This is this is Doc Samson, the Doc at ringside. Oh, good old Doc Samson. Good old Doc Samson. Yeah, no. To me, it, it was a great match. I enjoyed it. It was, it was what it was. I was not expecting it to be that. I thought, like, like Max was saying, more shenanigans and stuff, and just to come out there and literally be a squash match, almost fantastic. Because everyone wants to see that piece of shit fucking heel get his upcomings, and he pretty much just got it. And now it's going to be interesting how he's going to rebound from this and see how everything's going to spin moving forward. But no, I, I think it was great. Yeah, totally agree. It was yeah, great start, and yeah, awesome. We'll see what happens next. Max, my friend, what are you picking to talk about? For me, it has to be, I said to Jesse before the show started, I was most excited for Death Triangle versus House of Black, and it delivered in spades. This is a match that has been building up since full gear even longer than that, really, with like Pax injuries or Phoenix's injuries. It's just been good. And this isn't one of AEW's classic, oh, it's long-term storytelling and they've planned it all out. There's been a lot of fuck-ups along the way with like Phoenix being injured, right. Pac being away, Both of them, Penta yeah. changing his character, um, and then Julia getting black-misted months and months ago, but still carrying it on. Fair play to her. But this match, when I was watching it, First of all, the face makeup on House of Black, Fantastic. absolutely insane. Yep. That sold their characters as these mythic, <laughs> oh, absolutely insane characters. And all six of those men can fuck hard in that ring. And go unbelievable. JR said the best line where he was like, every single one of these men believed their main eventers, and now it's their time to prove it. Mm-hmm. And I think they proved it in that match because it was just non-stop. And Jesse, I know you're not one for big spots and lots of flippy stuff, but and I, I agree with you to some regard, but I feel like that was the perfect amount of it. That's what that match needed. It was flippy, it was chaos, it was anarchy. It was not anarchy in the arena, obviously, but it was <laughs> everything all at once. And everyone got a great showing. Buddy Matthews needs more time in the spotlight. Of course. Um Alistair Black being the puppet. And what I love most about the story they told in the match, especially near the end, where it looked like Alistair Black had fucked up and they surrounded him. And it was Alistair had lost his footing and, you know, he wasn't in control anymore. Then the lights go out, Julia comes out, does the Black Mist into Pack, and Alistair's back in control again. That is just... That match for me is my new go-to when I want to show a non-wrestling fan wrestling. Oh, shit. It's my new go-to to to be like, this is everything wrestling is (coughs) in one package. And Those matches are important to have under your belt as well. They are. And I think everyone in that match deserves their roses. And I can't wait to see what they do. I hope the trios titles are coming soon. And those six are very much in the picture. I can't wait to see Julia Hart properly develop under three very experienced people. Mm -hmm. Um... Brody King is a fucking beast. Right. That man is a giant. I love him. And yeah, I just can't speak highly enough about this match. It was everything I wanted it to be. Yeah, I fairly enjoyed it myself. Like I said, my God, this is one of my top three matches of the night. And yeah, speaking of Brody King, poor guy, man. <sighs> Jumping out of the ring the way he did. Oh, that was... Yeah. But you know what? He tried. He tried. He Like, he was... I guess technically the only big man of the match, right? So, yeah, I, I mean, he, yeah, he got some of it. We'll, we'll give him that. Yeah. It's just nice to see people like Pack on TV, on pay per view, and Alistair Black always needs more screen time, in my opinion. 
there's so many people we we mentioned just now. Um, Wardlow going for the TNT title. Give me House of Black with all the gold. Right, that would be, happy, be good. Man. Yeah, that'd be cool. There is it's such a stacked roster, isn't it? When you sort of think all these people, it's like you think, oh man, I wish they had more TV time. I wish I saw them more. I wish I saw them more. I wish I saw them more. And then you suddenly understand why shows like this are five fucking hours long. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that, I can't even think of like a specific spot I want to talk about. Because well, I'll tell you one: the jumping off of Phoenix, the one that jumping off of Phoenix's back, Canadian Destroyer on the apron from Penta. My God, yes, beautiful. Beautiful. I love his Canadian destroyers. Yeah. Pen- Penta's such a good worker, and I was. I don't know. With Penta, I always have the Lucha Underground Penta in my head, where I want that arm breaking, sadistic son of a bitch to make an appearance. When he came out as Penta Oscuro, I was kind of hoping we were getting that back, uh, but he has kind of slotted back in with kind of Death Triangle and stuff. I wouldn't be opposed to a Death Triangle implosion at some point. Has to come, I'd love, right? Yeah, I you know I'm not always up for tag teams breaking up. AEW rarely does them though, so at least give us one and give us Penta and Pack going hard at each other. Yeah, and there's a lot of singles matches I want to watch between the six. Like one is like Pac versus Buddy. That would be fantastic. I don't know if Malakai and Phoenix have done it on Dynamite yet, but if they have, I want like a full pay per view type match between those two as well. There's so many like and Penta, like you said, he's such a great worker. You put him in with anyone, they'll make him look good too, right? So it's like these six guys. Like I think they stole the show. Like no one, I think people were expecting that they were going to be good, but not as good as it came out. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. And how is Buddy Matthews that jacked and that quick in the ring? The guy is a freak. Well, it's the same thing with Pac. Like, look what he could do and look how jacked he is. Like, he snap Germans and shit. Like, how the fuck? And the way he twirls in the air, how is he supposed to do all that shit with all that muscle mass? He's got a pack. Pack gives me such Dynamite Kid vibes. It's not just because they're both English, but that whole sort of, you know, beefed up and um, athletic, but doing the heavy lifting as well. It's just it's so sick. And I was a huge fan of the Dynamite Kid, like his his in ring work more than his sort of personality. But um, he just yeah, Pat gives me those vibes, and I'm here for it, man. Absolutely love it. Yeah, uh, this is this is one of those stories where I really want them to go in deep because it's been teased for a month. Like, what did the tarot cards mean? And if people get the black mist, do they turn into House of Black? And the same thing happened when the Fiend was doing that kind of shit. Mm. You want that to be the case, but. Sometimes wrestling fans take the story a little bit further than what they can tell on TV. Um, but they did lean into it with Julia Hart, and I'm excited to see what she kind of does. And she's been wrestling a lot more aggressively on like dark and stuff, and I want to yeah, see yeah. her really get built in the division and kind of, yeah, fucking destroy. And even coming out of this pay-per-view, you see all the trios that are possible that are going to be in this tournament. Like It's like they're setting everything up, and it's like, oh, it's going to be so damn good. And I, I just love the fact that it's actually a trio. It's not a six-man. So when guys come in the ring, you don't see the referee pulling them out and be like, no, no, you can't be. They just let them go as it would be yeah. in Mexico, right? Proper trios matches, yeah. Love it, love it. One sec, guys. i got to be right back. My cat's going fucking haywire in the background. <laughs> no worries. Give me a sec, give me a sec. Silly Jesse. I know. Who doesn't have a cat? <laughs> it's a euphemism for his dick. Uh, a tied up cheerleader or something. <laughs> Sorry guys, the, the cat's going crazy. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> we'll have daddy sauce later. 
<laughs> what if Steve was a serial killer? What if he was? Yeah, like, what if it came revealed that Steve was a massive serial killer? But yeah, but we've, like, interacted with him and, like, done all of this stuff. (laughs) Like, look at that cave basement behind him with, like, the stones and stuff. Yeah, there's definitely skulls hidden in there, isn't there? Like, we've Uh, seen pictures of the wife, but have we seen the wife? (laughs) Think about it, Jesse. (laughs) He's got her in a rocking chair, dressed up like his mother. (laughs) She smells like apples. (laughs) He works in that industrial factory. Yeah. Meat processing plant. <laughs> That's why Tim Hortons tastes so bad. Steve Dance. is the supplier. <laughs> Dances around with his dick and balls between his legs like Buffalo Bill. No, you're getting confused, aren't you? Oh, yeah. You're, you're mixing narratives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's good. God, it looks good. <laughs> yeah, waking up to that in the morning is an experience. <laughs> okay. Good. I think it's resolved. Sorry, guys. That's all right, though. What have you resolved? Is the cat still with us? Yeah, yeah, it's still with us, don't worry. And just so you guys know, I kept the mic recording, so if you guys talk shit, I'll, I'll listen. <laughs> okay, so I guess we'll move on to me. My favorite match, and it was actually was my favorite match of the whole night, was Kyle O'Reilly against Darby Allen. You just you just love Darby, don't you? You always go to Darby. You love yeah, Darby. You love his little shorts. No, me. It's more Kyle. <laughs> Kyle. Speaking of a guy who could go with anyone, there's uh, I don't know why WWE let this guy. Like I understand other people, but this guy so much fucking potential. Like I think he has the best strikes in wrestling, the best submissions in wrestling. He's so technical. Yeah. Like he could be a face, he could be a heel. Like you know what I mean? It's he has like pretty much the whole package and. I don't understand it, but hey, it's AEW's game because this guy's fantastic. And good, again, tag team, trios, whatever, you put him in there, singles. The guy was ROH world champion at one point, so I love it. I love it. And Darby, you know, he's growing on me. You know, like, it's just, it's the same thing with the Hook. Like, the problem I have is, maybe because I'm older, they look so much younger and they're so much smaller in stature that it's very hard to believe and suspend disbelief what's going on. Like, it's not like... It's not like superheroes where they have powers and shit, so a smaller person could technically take on a giant or something, right? But in wrestling, it's like, I don't know, man, but Darby's growing on me because the stuff he was doing too and how crazy this guy is and, man, great match all the way around, I think. Yeah, and you say about these people like Hook and Darby, sort of, and all that, like, they're for the kids, man, do you know what I mean? Like, they're... um, I guess. Definitely marketing. Like, if Darby Allen was around when I was, like, 12, I I would have been all into that shit man like sure. I, I still like him now but he would have been my guy like his look and everything in kind of the same way that when you're younger you got attracted to jeff hardy and people like that right you just like okay. that cool sort of or i did anyway liked that cool sort of alternative look and like the underdog and stuff and it's just something i've always really liked so darby allen would have been my guy big time i can totally see why other people like him if you know what i mean no most definitely most definitely yeah, yeah. And Darby has a good reputation in terms of, as you say, he's just reckless, and that's how he'll just keep going until he dies. Like, he's not going to be the guy that beats John Moxley, but he's going to give John Moxley a fight, and yeah. John Moxley's going to have to, like, give Kill him some him. shit to win. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a great match, and it was a sleeper match, because before it started, I was like, why the hell is this on the card? There's, there's five matches I would have taken off that card. Random on Dynamite, whatever. True. And this was one of them. And I was like, oh, should I skip this one? But I kept it on. And you're right. 
we've always said this when we watched Kyle in Japan or we saw him in NXT, Ring of Honor, PWG. He is just, he's a guy that looks like he has zero personality, zero charisma, but just oozes it so naturally in terms of what he does in the ring and how he acts as a person and his striking, his wrestling, they just go, these two. And it, it was such a good match to see. And Kyle got the win. I was surprised with that one. I wasn't expecting that, yeah, totally. It right? was beautiful. But this is what's so good about Darby. He's got Sting. He's the most over-wrestler on the roster. True. He doesn't need your rubs to guys like, say, um, what's his name from New Orleans? Ricky Starks needs. Ricky Starks needs some rubs now. Oh, speaking of Starks, sorry, hold that thought. I love him yeah. too. To me, he's... He reminds me of a smaller rock. Like, I don't know. He's another guy who oozes just charisma and can do anything. And is a great wrestler, great talker. Oh, man. Like, AEW has so many of these guys. And it's true. You keep hearing the rumors and everything. And everyone talk about how they're saturating their, their roster by bringing in so many people. And then the originals who are there who have this potential and were gems. Now they're going to the side. And it's like, why not harness these people? Because it's true. How are you going to make all these people happy? You could only promise a world championship to so many people before their contracts are up, right? True, but you don't always need a world championship to kind of make stars. This is why we have the TNT title. This is why we have the tank titles. I guess. You know, if I didn't pick the House of Black match, it would 100% been that triple tank match. Good Lord, was that a fantastic match. And yes, I love Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, but I did not want them to win that match. I was all in on Willie Hobbs and Starks to walk away with those titles. To me, <laughs> I would have loved that match better if it was placed somewhere else. Like you said, there were so many throwaway matches. Why didn't they put one of those after the Anarchy in the Arena match? Like, I, I don't, like, it deflated so many. And it, I, by the end, I was all in. But then it was like, it's already too late. Like, great. And it's true. I did not expect them to win. And you see, again, speaking of planting seeds and stuff, this is why I love AEW. The subtleties of what's going on with Christian and Luchasaurus. It's like, ah, so we know there's going to be a fallout here. And it has to happen because you can't keep those guys to all, even all three of them, like Christian could go do and mentor someone else. But with Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, let them thrive on their own. Like they're big enough stars now that they could go like. Jungle yeah. Boy's a, Jungle Boy's a future massive star. I think he's, he's going to turn into a jungle man. <laughs> you think he'll actually be called Jungle Man? That would be hilarious. So that would be the best gimmick change ever. Right? But that tag match, having three big hosses and three high flyers, I can't remember the last time I saw a tag match that balanced so perfectly. It's true. There was a good balance. It was a good balance. But again, I know it's been said to death too, but it had a lot of NXT old school yellow vibes. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you saw a lot of the talent that was, and you know what? And I'm enjoying it. I'm not putting it down because some people are like, oh, it's just, it's watching NXT again. It's like, no, it's not. It's what you want to see those guys do in WWE. But now AEW is sort of doing it with them. So let them fucking run. Yeah. How'd you let go of the Galax for Strickland? They didn't understand him. The, the old guard, man. The oldies don't get he it, is man. Unreal. That's unreal. There's so many you things could, that people don't understand nowadays. Trust me. What what I like, like that this generation of people, like Jungle Boy, Swerve, Hook, like just the appeals to that TikTok millennial gen. Like if I was a young teen girl on TikTok, <laughs> God knows I want to be. God knows I want to be. Hey, if I fucking own. saw Hook, I'd be like, "What's this show? I'm gonna check it out." You I'd know, be creaming in my prepubescent panties. Thank you, Jesse. That is true. 
That is true. <laughs> I don't know how to follow uh, up to that, but another good. Well, speaking of Hook Danhausen, right? WWE would never understand that guy, and look what yeah. AEW is doing with him. That that's a guy that understands his gimmick and he understands his worth, and I respect that. And it's just like, well, Orange Cassidy's out. Who else can we? It's perfect for it. But the minute those two have a match, it all out. That's like Rock Hogan. That's 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 the money. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> okay, how about this? Before we get to the last two matches, if you had to assume now, looking at the roster the way it is, I'm saying non WWE guys, okay? I'll put some criteria in there. Non ex WWE guys, just pure AW or indie talent that's on the roster. Who do you think, like you mentioned, is going to be the next two to be like a Rock Hogan or a Rock Stone Cold sort of thing leading AW into the future? Oh. You got two of them. Um, so, so, so people that are not main eventers now, you mean? Yeah, exactly. well, the mid-card, and you could see them moving up, to, or even if they are main event, but they haven't won, like, the world title yet. So you can't say, like, someone like Hank Man, obviously. Okay. Um, a non-WE. Fuck it, Al. Um, that's tricky, isn't it? I think... Yeah, Jungle Boy and Darby Allen. That's fair. Nice, nice. But they're, they're both young, they've got... They've got another 10 fucking years and they'll still be young. Do you know what I mean? Like, they, there's so much time to develop them and turn them into main event stars. And I think those are the sort of people that are going to long-term carry AEW into the future. Yeah. For me, I'd love to see Wardlow, Ricky Starks. Like, Ricky Starks, for me, is that kind of young Randy Orton. He's, he's just got everything. He has got everything. He's got the comedy. He's got the athleticism. He's, yeah, that kid's money. Okay, here's my two. I'll go with Wardlow as well. And I'll go with Daniel Garcia. Ah, yes. Young Garcia. That's a good shout. Great shout. Yeah, I didn't think of that. Oh, yeah, because we've got Utah as well. And oh, there's so many. Right? There, there's a lot of AW. Like, I know everyone's like, oh, it's a lot of WE guys. And yeah, WE guys are in the picture. I think it's half and half at this point now. I'd say it's even less the WE, I think there's a lot. If you take like Dark and every everything into well, yeah, but Dark's different because eighty percent of the talent on those shows aren't even signed to AEW, so you can't really count that, right? It's true, it's true. But I, I just think like the organic talent that they have, the organic young talent in the men's and the women's, you know, sky's the limit. In all honesty, and maybe they don't renew these big contracts like Christian, Mark Henry, Big Show, mm. all of these kind of filler contracts, right? and they kind of just pour it back into, you know, if, if we are to believe what is being said online, don't want to hurt Jesse's, you know, non-kayfabe heart, but if MJF <laughs> is struggling <laughs> with the fact that guys like Christian are being paid more than him and he's carrying the company, yeah, you do need to be investing in your future. Yeah, no, I agree. It's, it's, it's such a hard line for them to walk because they want to be mainstream and they want to, like, hit those numbers and stay relevant. So you need... The guys that everyone's going to recognize, like the Hardys, like Christian, like Jericho, like Punk, Daniel Bryan, all of this kind of stuff. But it's, it's such a hard tightrope to walk. 
don't envy Tony Khan and AEW at all to try and strike that balance. Well, they're still doing a better job than WCW did when they started grabbing all the older guys. Because at least they're grabbing the younger talent, like we said, that dropped off from NXT. It's not like they're... It's not like they're going after, like, for example, I seriously doubt they'll ever go after someone like Roman Reigns in, like, 20 years from now. Like, you know, even though there was rumors they were trying to get Goldberg, but, you know. Yeah, well, well take WCW's example. What was the first Nitro episode? 1997? Something like and that. And then yes. 1996. And by the fourth oh. year, it, was, you know, it wasn't doing great. And AEW is now in their fourth year. And they're, and they're better. still... Yeah. Yeah, that is crazy, isn't it? So you think, so Nitro started in 96, WCW was all gone by 2001, right? Yeah. Five years. Fuck. That's crazy. This time next year, if AEW's still around. Yeah, and AEW still feels so new. Well, think about it. Um, TNA has been around 20 years. I was going to say, almost 25, I think, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I, I don't know. I can't compare that in the same yeah, way. I, I, was, I was just being pedantic. Well, the, yeah. early, the early versions, yeah. I say TNA, yes, but Impact, not so much, because Impact does look like sort of like Ring of Honor type of style. Like, it's not a, like, but back in the day when, even when they had Hogan, Bischoff, and even before that, like, you know what I mean? When Jerry was in his heyday and running all that, they had a pretty big production. And I found that there was a big stretch, like a two good years where every pay-per-view was a fucking banger that they were putting out. Oh, 100%. The X Division at its peak with Samoa, Abyss, AJ, Christopher right. Daniels. That's some of the best um, wrestling you had. So it, it's interesting to see because four years have gone by so quickly. Two of those years were in a pandemic. Devil or Nothing last year was the first show when they could have everyone back. It's it's barely yeah. been a year since we've had crowds back in AEW. Yeah, that's They're true. That's probably there. why it all still feels so new as well, because of that. It almost feels like the COVID time didn't happen in a weird way. Do you know what I mean? It sort of yeah. felt like everything was on hold, which it wasn't. It wasn't, you know, like the empty arena stuff. Like they they weren't really progressing storylines in the same way, were they? They were just having fun and being they were experimental. Yeah. With, yeah. Trying different stuff. So, um, yeah. Not to hijack the show here, Steve, but uh, I know we've got the last two matches to talk about, but this is the first AEW pay-per-view I do have negatives to say. Can we quickly touch on some negatives, just so we don't come across as complete, non-partial... Air out your grievances, my friend. The Owen Hart tournament. Yeah, those two matches were brutal. I don't know how both of them were brutal. I agree. The whole tournament was brutal. It was... Set up from the get-go for Tony Khan's babies of Britt Baker, and he needs to put his fucking erection away for her because it's getting old quick. <laughs> like, we always say low Roman wins, now it's low Britt wins. And she's not even that good to be winning this much. And it's just painful when you have the power couple winning the title. Why wasn't Kyle Riley <coughs> in that main event? A smaller, Canadian, overlooked young wrestler... Why not give him the rub? Why does Adam Cole and Britt fucking Baker need the rub of the Owen Hart tournament? Because they wore pink. Yeah, that was the most blatant thing as well. <laughs> and it's not even a Wednesday. Oh, but, shit. Um, like, um, I have never seen the internet, and I don't watch AEW every week, so I'm not keeping up with it in the same way. Um, but um, I have never seen the internet because I sort of just check in on Reddit and stuff turn so quickly on someone like they have Adam Cole. It feels oh, like. Now, 
just is not into Adam Cole. And he was like the absolute darling, it feels like, the last time I looked, you know? Yeah, he, he completely is, but it's just that overexposure, overprotected. We're watching the same match week in, week out. Like, AEW has their critiques for how they protect wrestlers with the finishes and that kind of stuff and run-ins at the end. Yeah. And it, it just got old very fast, very fast. Um, because in NXT, if you remember, Adam Cole was not on TV every week. No. It was pretty sporadic that Undisputed Era would be on there because Triple H knew to kind of hold back a Make it bit. a treat, yeah. Exactly, whereas now it's, oh, you love the Adam Cole theme music? Here he is every week. Right. Goes, Boom. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, I'm sure you guys did enjoy, though, at least the appearance of good old Mike Yoda. Yeah, not Mike, not Mike Shinoda from Lincoln Mike Park, Shinoda as we kept, so, yeah, we keep accidentally calling it. And Martha Hart with her lovely wedding hat, she was off to her, like, yeah. Wedding hat? How <laughs> lovely is it to see Martha Hart loving wrestling and her family watching it? No, that's um, awesome. That, that was a good spot. The, the, the bad thing, I hope they sent Martha home in a car immediately afterwards, and she wasn't, like, then watching... Anarchy in the arena afterwards. <laughs> Why not? She might even be into it. Who knows, Maybe man? Maybe she was. Maybe she like was. Like, the heart dungeon was pretty brutal, I hear, back in the day. <laughs> but, yeah. But, uh, yeah, the, I said to Jesse, I, I text Jesse the matches he needs to watch, because I watched all five hours. Yeah, me And when too. he got to the last two hours after the Thunder Rosa match, I was burnt out. I was like, God, this is too Same, long. Same, man. Not kidding. So, so I text Jesse the matches to watch, and it was literally, watch Wardlow MJF, and then from Derby onwards. And that's a good chunk in the middle that could have like Jade Cargill and Anna Jay. Why the fuck was that on a pay per view? Like, like Jade's made great improvements, but no. Yeah. Did she kiss her opponent? Do you think kiss her opponent, no. Jesse? I'm out. No, but there was two appearances during that match. Yes, Stokely is Athena. back. <laughs> so you got Stokely, and yeah, Athena is in AEW. So yeah, it's about time. Sure. Athena's Ember Moon, Jesse. Oh shit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay, I'm done with the negatives now. Carry on. Yeah, you know what? That was pretty much the same that I had. Like everything was pretty good from top to bottom, except for those couple of matches. Same thing with some of the women. The Thunder Rosa match was good too. Hardys and Bucks. Yeah, I, uh, Jeff was rocked. It just wasn't. Yeah, they I already mean, said this, that he's going to go and take some time off right now, well. which is well deserved. Because at one point I was looking, I was like, "Oh no!" Like the worst went through my mind. I'm like, "Is he fucking high or drunk? Is this DNA is this, all over again?" Is this victory road? Right, but then, but then you saw as it went on, it's like, "Oh no, he just looks really fatigued. Like something was just off. Like he got an early yeah. injury or something." Right after that super kick, he was rocked. Like he, he couldn't get back into it. His boot all. was falling off and everything. I was like, "Damn, poor guy." Yeah. Exactly, but you know this, and this is a weird, a, a good thing to point out because I think if we'd done any other AEW pay per view previously, we'd just be singing the praises because every other pay per view has been top to bottom fantastic. But it's been six matches; it's been very carefully planned. This is the first pay per view where they've had to jam in ten matches. Well, isn't this the, the WrestleMania though, as they dub it, sort of, kind of? No, I, I think all all out is the you know. Yeah. I, yes, Double or Nothing was their first pay per view, but that's yeah, why. This was their kind of shit. We have a big roster. We need people to get paid. Let's let's put everyone in and put more put the, more matches on the pre show. Then yeah, exactly. Why do we just have Hookhausen versus what the people's faces? You could have put Jade and Anna in the pre show. Two or three matches in yeah. the pre show. 
Exactly. Would have been fine. But yeah, it was just, it was just the first time it was over bloated. And AEW being AEW, I'm sure they'll learn from it. But yeah. Yeah, we'll last see. Last two hours, stunning. But I, again, I still can't complain. I know it was still long, but I think if I would have took a pause and watched it like in two halves or something or two sittings, I would have enjoyed it more. But again, yeah, that, yeah. that's just me. But okay, let's talk about anarchy in the arena. <laughs> okay, first and foremost, at first... I was very skeptical because the music kept playing and I told myself mentally, I was like, if this thing keeps going to hold that match, I'm going to give this a zero star rating. Like, I swear to God, it's really pissing me off. I don't know why. Yeah. No, I agree. I was with, I'm with you on that. Actually. Okay, it okay. Like, it was a New Jack tribute. I know, but still. Let's like, come on, man. Like, how many times do you have to hear I, that song on repeat? Please. I was laughing my ass off. Like, I was, maybe I'm the idiot fan who would <laughs> do that kind of stuff. But I was, every time it restarted, I was giggling away. And then when he broke the soundboard, I just, I, I lost my shit. I literally almost stood up and gave him a standing ovation. <laughs> right? It's like, yeah, I almost feel like they should have given that honor to one of the faces, right? To stop the music. Because it was getting on my tits so bad. But it was just... I, I didn't think because when they said we're not doing state, stadium stampede this year, which has been a staple for the last two years, yeah, yeah, I was like, ah, what makes sense? Like you can't top those two, what? and then they just bought stadium stampede inside, <laughs> just made the bloodiest, most me- how the crowd in the arena watched that match. I don't, I have no idea. They had to have monitors, like, and, and even yeah. behind the scenes, the poor director or whoever was doing the cuts, it's like. How many eyes do you need to see what's going on? But they did try and pipe in some replays and stuff because obviously certain shit happened in between. But what I want really... Okay, I know I'm going to skip ahead, but there's so much to talk about here. What I really want to know is what happened to that freight elevator, man. They should have... They dropped the ball there. They should have had a camera or some kind of, like, footage, like, you, you know what I mean? Where did Garcia go? Where did, I don't know. Where did he go? I don't know. He went in that freight elevator and we never saw him again. There was a moment in that match, you know, um, they squirted mustard and all yes. that. And, um, and then when they, because that was good. But when, I don't know if like, so I've got this weird thing. I think Max okay. might know about this. Like, this is why I have to always keep my chocolate in the fridge. I got this weird thing about being mucky. I just don't like being mucky. Like having like food on my hands really? or whatever. I, yeah, I would I think the like total opposite. And seeing him covered in mustard, and then they threw him into the merch stand, and I just knew all that mustard got on those t-shirts, those new <laughs> t-shirts, and oh man, that like, that borderline gives me anxiety, thinking of like, brand new t-shirts just covered in mustard like that, that took me out of it a bit, but I understand that's my hang-up. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that's, that's a huge, he, he got bloodied up so quick, that- I, I never remember his name, Which one? whatever the like, but like, he was super bloody from the get go. Like, no one bled as much as him in that match, and he looked traumatized. Who are you talking this. about? The the what's his name? The, the, the originally from Two Point the more chunky looking one. He got the one with the mustard. Oh, oh, Menard, I think his name is. Yeah. Just how bloody he got so quickly. Yeah, he was, and obviously Eddie Kingston, and then coming down with, with uh, the gas canister. Don't, don't skip over Eddie Kingston. That, that was, that's going to be replayed for years Forever. and years and years. I think. He should have set him on fire. That would have been perfect. <laughs> imagine, I, if, imagine if he actually had and killed Jericho that way, and... That actually happened in real life. You know what? If, if Jericho let that happen, I would have put it down. You know what? You are the greatest of all time. I will get down on my hands and knees and kiss your feet, my friend. For some, To let someone do that to you? Yeah. yeah. But we always have a foot in reality when it comes to wrestling. But when I saw Eddie Kingston marching down with that gas, I genuinely believed he was going to do it. 
I've had the pleasure of sitting with Eddie Kingston in Coventry in a balcony watching wrestling. That dude lives his gimmick. Like, his personality is Eddie Kingston. No, he is who he is. That's him. He yeah. has no gimmick. I was terrified. Like, I hung out with him for a good 40 minutes and... It was like I was in prison. It was scary, man. He was a lovely guy, though. But when was I he saw the daddy, he's the he prison daddy. daddy. He yeah, was the prison daddy up in that balcony. But when he dumped it over and he just casually just getting that lighter, I was like, "This is it. This is <laughs> this is a hundred percent it." <laughs> and then Danielson had to ruin it. The fun. I know, but what's great though, because Danielson was just like, "The fuck are you doing?" Right? Like, it was that moment of reality of just like, "No." <laughs> I, I like to pilot. It wasn't even practiced at all. No, no. Yeah, it was just, yeah, completely off the cuff. Oh my god! But uh, I, I can't even believe there was actually kickouts in this match. That that blew my mind. Like, I, okay, you want to have near falls? Sure, no problem. But I don't know. Were you surprised the Jericho Association Society won? I think they needed it more than um, Blackpool Combat Club needed it. Well, they uh, weren't really all of them Blackpool Combat, right? So maybe that's why they took the L because it's like, well, it wasn't really just us. It's you know, we've never teamed with these guys before, so. It yeah. kind of felt like so. I don't know. I asked Max earlier. Uh, where's Uto? What's going on with him right now? He's the Ring of Honor Television Champ. That's okay. So or pure champ. I can't remember one or the yeah, other. Yeah, because um, it feel it feels like it felt like really organic and cool that they brought him into Blackball Combat Club and they're going to sort of start building him and all this. And then all of a sudden, I saw that this match was happening. It's like oh, that feels like a total sideways step for Moxley and Brian. I, I guess because it was still hangover from like um, LAX, not the full LAX, but leaving in a circle and getting beaten down by Jericho and Hager. So it made sense for Tana, uh, Santana Ortiz to be in yeah. there. And it made sense for Kingston with his beef to be in there. And plus it's tied with Moxley like, too, right? Yeah, and it's like, who else is violent? So let's bring in Danielson and everything. That ending image where Hager's properly choking him with the rope and Jericho's got him in the knee, that was a pretty gruesome image. And I like that. I thought he, I thought he was going to take him. I, I sort of saw, like, uh, I think it was Jericho doing a fish hooking, but I wanted to see Hager just take that and pierce the guy's right to the side of his mouth. Come on, man. I want blood. I want fire. I want You want anarchy? Give me anarchy, man. It was pretty close to that. No, it they was. They gave us good anarchy. There, there was some six. Was everyone was bleeding except for one? I think. Yeah, yeah. Was, so, it, uh, was Brian? Brian didn't get busted, did he? Or did he? I can't I remember. I think he that. did. Was he the only one that didn't? Or maybe it was yeah, Garcia, because Garcia disappeared after. I don't know. Like you yeah, said, Garcia whatever. But, but yeah, there was there's yeah. everything. Everything was in this match. You name it. There was barbed wire. There was tables. There was ladders, chairs, people flying off of balconies, double. Oh, that, that, Bump Moxley took onto the barbed wire and the table didn't break and he was just kind of in it. That was horrible. Um, but yeah, to, if we're comparing it with Stadium Stampede, it, up there, hundred percent. Like that, that gave everything it needed to. Halfway through, I was like, okay, Stadium Stampede's still better. But then after towards the end, I was like, I don't know. I just don't know. I'll have to watch them like almost back to back to see which one's better. Yeah, give me that DVD trilogy. I want it. Yeah. Ooh. Going back to Jericho winning, um, do you know what else is good about Jericho winning? Mm. What? We didn't have to hear Wild Thing play the game. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. Imagine, what, what do you think would have happened if they flipped it and Judas was playing on repeat? Oh, repeat. oh God. Oh, everyone, everyone would be singing. Everyone would have been singing, yeah. Yeah, no one would have watched the match, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. All right, time for the main event, boys. CM Punk, page. yeah, versus Hangman Adam Page. 
I thought it was a weird match and a weird build-up, tell you the truth, but that's just me. I thought... Yeah, okay, yeah, sorry, elaborate, Steve. I don't know, it it felt like it didn't connect, really. Like, I understand what they were going for, but one, like, in one town, one was the face, then in the other town, someone else was the face. Then even Hangman saying, like, the last promo cut before, that the match was like, what's going on here? Like, I really didn't understand it, and even the match itself, like... Well, mind you, Punk screwed up a couple of times with the buckshot, but, you know, it is what it is. But other than that, I don't know. It just didn't seem like they connected, if that makes sense. Yeah, it, it felt a little bit not rushed because it made sense for Punk to be No, there, not rushed. One, That's not the right one, but I don't know. this is kind of just... They didn't AEW. have the chemistry. That's it. Yeah, and I'm wondering if this is AEW long-term storytelling with oh. Batman being like, I'm protecting AEW from you, and they're just sowing that seed of him being right um, in the future, maybe I don't know. Also, oh, you but, think they're actually going to give him another run with the belt? Because I, I don't know. Out of all the champs, obviously, I think he's been the weakest so far. But mind you, look who's been up against as the champs. So yeah, I, I, I thought that at the start of Hangman's run, but I honestly believe he cemented himself from, as he said, to jobber at the background of Bullet Club to be That's the guy true. that holds the title. He has worked his ass off, and they've pinned him since day one. Yeah, and you know. After those matches with Brian, that's what's meant to me. Like, you know yes. what? You're right. See, but that's what I'm saying. Those matches were a lot better than the one with Punk. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and I think if you're going to give it to an ex WWE guy, why not give it to Danielson first? Danielson doesn't. Not that he doesn't Dan- need it, but he doesn't carry the same weight as Punk as Danielson, a champion. Danielson has that Shawn Michaels coming back from back injury vibe to me. Where yeah, but now bringing a part of the stable he's in, it would be perfect, I think, because now he's got people behind him. You could go back to being because to me, heel champ Danielson is the best. Like, look what he did in WWE all those times, making a fucking wooden belt, and it, and he was over with that. Who would get over yeah, with a fucking awesome. wooden piece of belt? Like, come on. But heel champ CM Punk is fucking money. That's been yeah. proved. But how long is it going to take? You think they're going to do it like this? Mind you, this is before, because we're literally recording this when Dynamite's going to air, and then this is coming out a day after, so we don't know what's happening on Dynamite. But do you think he's going to be here right away, or they're going to build to it? No, it's going to be a build. He's going to start off as the, like, let's give the young guys an opportunity. He's going to start cheating to... The young guys are going to get the better of him, and he's going to start cheating, and then, yeah, he's going to be... The way I would build it is... Punk then takes over, and then Punk becomes what he always hated. This is what the perfect Punk storytelling is. He mm. becomes the John Cena, the Triple H of AEW. <laughs> that would be insane if if he got the Golden Shovel treatment, and they told it right. Ah, yeah, give him a reign of terror. Well, and then you, and, of Punk, and then you bring in a young original AEW guy to beat him. True, and you know they're going to put him, he's going to lead a stable, because already the pictures came out with him and FTR celebrating afterwards, right? So that's going to, because him, again, leader of a stable, he's fantastic. I don't know, look what he did with everyone beneath him before, but yeah. Get Serena D back. Yeah, shave that head. Actually, that would be funny. Well, would not be funny, right. because now if, with FTR and her, they would be like that wrestling, sort of like pure wrestler Bret Hart type style, like you know what I mean? Actually, yeah, that yeah. would be good. Why not? I wouldn't be shocked. If that's where they went, and he just yeah really holds that. Um, there's a lot of places you can go with Punk. I, I, I yeah, was, there's a, there is I'd a like, lot. You're I'd right. like, I'd like him to. I'd like Punk to turn heel, start this stable, all that shit, right. and then just when it feels like he's right on top and no one can fuck with him, 
boom, Kenny Omega comes back as a baby face, and we get a Kenny Omega CM Punk program. Well, you know yeah. he's going to be the one who dethrones CM Punk eventually, right? It's got to be at this moment. Yeah, I, I well, want a younger guy. I want, I want like yeah, but who's ready? Well, Wardlow, bring up Wardlow. Let's do it. No, I, I don't know, but they've got time to build. Have a long run with Punk. Have a no, I don't think they should do another long run. No, I don't think so. I think same same amount as Hangman, more or less. Well, this is a good good thing about why Hangman was a good champion. I was a little bit bittersweet to see him lose. Like I was disappointed to not have Hangman as the champion anymore, and that's a sign of a good champion. But you know what? You don't want them. He's better chasing the title than actually being the champ, sorry to say. Yeah, he is. Right? All baby yeah. faces are, yeah. Well, that's true, too. Yeah, because, well, yeah. but, you know, well, no, it, I, I don't know. Now, looking back, I only knew him as a heel. Then he turned this baby, and it's like, was he actually a very good heel in the end? I don't think so, right? <laughs> he is, yeah. yeah, he is too likable, isn't he? He's just, he's just, he just seems like a nice guy, and <laughs> he just yeah, can't hide yeah. it. No, no, one, no one can boo him. The, the only problem I had with this match, obviously, the buckshot... Larry and Punk moments, were funny, yeah. but if you take the kayfabe factor of it, it just shows that Punk was trying to emulate Hangman, but Hangman, no one can do it as good as Hangman. Like that's how yeah, you like kayfabe that. describe it. Yeah, true. But I didn't like that they were both selling knee injuries. I hate when they're selling the same injury mm. in, in both competitors. Is it's just pointless because you know it's not leading to the finish, and also selling injuries no matter where the body part is that doesn't lead to the finish normally means that they're just going to shake it off and just win anyway so like I, I hate working body parts that don't have any meaning and that's what she said <laughs> <laughs> I thought there was too much showboating as well um, certainly <coughs> the first half of the match I felt like they were playing to the audience too I much. think that's why I felt it was weird like for a world title of a pay-per-view sort of I don't know out on it. yeah yeah well, that, that's why I, I love Surly Jr. He's the best. Yeah. <laughs> he's, getting, he's definitely getting surlier. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think you're right, Steve. The, the chemistry, some wrestlers have it and some have it. Yeah, it's not to their fault. I'm not doubting their skills, obviously. Yeah. It's just, you know, like even in myself, in my case, I've had guests on where it's literally we're just one-word answers, one-word questions, and we're done. It's like, that wasn't too good. But I guess, hey, you know what? It's to no one's fault. It is what it is. Yeah, still yeah. a show, still a show. Oh, Matt, can I just jump? I just remembered, I oh. forgot to mention, um, jumping what? back to Anarchy in the Arena super quickly. Sure. Um, how cool was it when Justin Roberts um, started announcing <laughs> it and just went, shit's about to hit the fan. Like, just quickly said it just before he started announcing And that completely caught me off guard. I wasn't expecting it. With the it really like, somber, like, a wrestler, he's going to announce a wrestler's just died brilliant. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved it. Anyway, sorry. Back to where we <laughs> no, were. No, no. Well, it's... it's Zappy, uh, okay, it. before we get to the worst story of the week and we wrap this shit up, is there anything else you guys want to talk about? Because I just have one more thing that wasn't brought up through this whole thing. I love myself the ass boys and the acclaimed what who would have thought this would have been a good pairing and even the ass boys calling billy gunn father papa da da like oh this is hilarious i love it it is good yeah what did he what did he say to billy where he was like um scissor me ass daddy (laughs) that's not on a t-shirt by tomorrow scissor me ass daddy scissoring Um, asses that should be on a t-shirt yes yes (laughs) That's what we need. Completely yeah. impractical, but... In yeah. that green with the sort of... You remember the trunks that Billy Gunn used to wear? They're like green trunks with the lips on them and stuff. Like, oh, it shouldn't be that kind of fun. 
Yeah, Garish. That, there you go. Yeah, that's what we want. Um, no, I, I don't think I have any other comments. I, it, was, it was a good show. Um, last two hours was was what really slapped for me. And um, obviously next month we're going to be doing this very quickly again because we have Forbidden Door, which um, we're obviously coming out after Dynamite, the first Dynamite in California. And a Dynamite, by the way, where... Tony is showing off to all of his executives what the show is about, so Tony's going to go hard with the surprises. So some crazy shit probably just happened on Dynamite, and I'm very excited for Forbidden Door um, coming up, and the, I just love this product. You and know, I, I think I'm going to like the lead-up more than the actual matches. I don't know. Like, every oh, time yeah. you, you're so hyped for something, it's like, oh, okay. But mind you, Ring of Honor did a very good job with their relationship with New Japan, so you know what? A lot of the same guys are there too, so I think it should be a good one. And if they don't do Okada, CM Punk, then they drop the ball. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I don't. I, the champion versus champion thing it has makes to sense, be right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, that totally. And makes you don't have sense. to have the title on the line because you don't already know if you put the title yeah, on the line, there's going to be a bullshit ending. Just be like, it's a pure exhibition, and that's it. Let them go. But it's yeah, so no, hard to love the idea of that. But Okada, there's so many people that I want Okada to. I love Okada. He's like one of my favorite wrestlers okay. in the world. Fair and enough. I just, there's so many people I want him to wrestle in AEW. And CM Punk is actually quite low on that list. Sure. There's just so many other people. Him and Brian Danielson is like my wet dream. I just want to see that so badly. I agree. I just, yeah. See what Bullet Club does and Jesse's favorite Jay White. I just, I just oh, hope it's Jay like White for four hours and Jesse just really gets to enjoy oh, it. God. <laughs> he's just, he's just got the face of a bully victim. <laughs> and we all know you guys were bullies, so. <laughs> Only yeah, we're just good at targeting the week. <laughs> oh my god! All right, guys, you ready for the worst story of the week? Okay, so this week's story comes from India, but before we get to that. Obviously, all three of us have smoked weed in our lives, and we know how it feels to be high. Have these guys ever had any weird encounters while high? Just off weed. Nothing else, just straight weed. Even when you were younger, maybe like the first experience or something. Anything stupid happened to you guys? First time I ever got properly stoned. It's not stupid, really, but first time I ever got properly stoned, I got the giggles harder than I ever have in my life. Okay. And... You know, when you That's just cannot stop laughing sure. and it's not even about anything. So I was, I was sitting outside Morrison's, which is like a UK supermarket. It's where we used to skateboard and smoke weed. Sure. And um, uh, a guy who I didn't like because he'd slept with my girlfriend at the time <laughs> before, before she was my girlfriend. Oh, but, OK. Like, but, but when you're a teenager, stuff like that bothers you. I was going right? to say, you got so, cockled, my friend. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but he went off and he missed his bus home and it was the last bus home. Okay. So he came back and he was really annoyed that he missed his bus. Sure. And because I was stoned off my tits, I just found that was just the funniest thing I had <laughs> ever. I was literally just laughing in his face, like hysterically. <laughs> and like he couldn't, he couldn't even get mad because I was clearly like borderline incapacitated with how hard I was laughing. I just couldn't do anything else. I was crying, like tears were hitting the floor. I was doubled sure. over, my stomach hurt. Oh, man, that was, yeah, it's still, I've never found anything funnier than that in my okay. life. Fair enough. Sadist. <laughs> oh, my God, Max, you got any stories or you're good with that one? <laughs> no, no, that's a good one. Um, I, I guess mine would be when I was with Jesse and oh. Rob for New Year's. Very long story and a lot of things that predate this. But anyway, it was about 1 a.m. We crashed a friend's house. Smoked some weed. I've been oh, drinking yeah. a lot. I um, and, and I ended up whiting out in their bathroom. 
on that closed toilet lid. We literally showed up, smoked that weed, like vomited on that toilet. What the? F- <laughs> just off smoking? And because uh, I drank so much, and I it was really Max was. Oh, oh okay, that doesn't in, count. In Max's in Max's defense, we'd all we drunk loads, and he just got back from Canada that day, so he was jet lagged. Oh shit! Twenty-four hours. I did from Vancouver. I had a seven-hour layover in Chicago, Chicago shit. to London, London to Cheltenham. These motherfuckers knock on my door, take me out. I'm done at this point um wow. so then i leave and i forget that i was originally hanging out with jesse and rob That's and it. i just don't know where i am and i get home to my flat and then rob comes down the stairs and i forgot i was hanging out with him and i thought he was attacking me yeah so to defend myself <laughs> oh no i had a flip phone at the time okay i snapped my flip phone in half <laughs> thinking it was like Something I could use like, <laughs> <Down defense tracks. laughs> yes, exactly. I in half and Rob just goes, the fuck are you doing? Oh, and then he just takes out my keys off me, lets himself in, oh, I pass out in the bathroom, and then these two watch WrestleMania 20 while I throw my guts up in the toilet. Okay. Yeah, sort of occasionally walking in and rubbing Max's back a bit and then going back. And... <laughs> okay. Max, okay. Kurt Angeletti's on, do you want that? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, this one story uh, is was, a lot a worse one. than both of yours combined, because well, I've never heard of anyone ever doing anything. Uh, okay, well, anyway. let me speak on it. So this one story, like I said, comes from India, where a man decided to smoke weed for the very first time, and apparently he got so fucked up that he started feeling like anxious and like you know what I mean, like he was regretting doing it, remorseful, and all this. So what? What he decides to do to make himself feel better is chop off his fucking dick. Ah, uh, uh, here we are. Off really? of weed, right? You're so stoned that you chop off your dick. I think right? That must have been something else, or that weed must have been laced with something. I don't know. I've never heard of Indian weed. I've never smoked Indian weed. I don't know anyone who's ever have like. So I don't know how good it could be, right? But if you're fucking chopping off your own dick. I don't need it in my life. I'm good. Yeah, it's like, it's like oh, man, I feel anxious. And, um, oh, man, I'm so slow. Now I'm just slipping around in willy blood. Like, this, is the worst. <laughs> this is the worst day ever. I don't know. I, I, again, I just... I smoked I mean, enough weed. I don't know. Where did you even find this story? On, this wasn't in the Toronto Sun. On the World Wide Web, my friend. <laughs> the Toronto Sun. How do you know about the Toronto Sun? Yeah, we're cultured people. I've heard of it somewhere. I can't remember where. But I, don't wow. know. I, just, I got a weird brain that just picks up things that don't matter to anyone. Um, Except for today, he had no idea what Tim Hortons was. <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding know. me? Yeah, no, so they're, they're popping up in England now. And a friend oh, of mine nice. okay. uh, sent a picture of one, but I've, I've never even heard of it. So I didn't have a clue what the relevance was of the picture. But he knows the Toronto Sun. Yeah, but we're getting distracted from um, Indian Willy weed. blood. Yeah. Um, so yeah, all the willy blood. How old was this man? Because man can mean eighteen. Okay, let's scroll down here. Let's see what's going on here. That's true. It could be someone young. Could be someone old. No, it doesn't say. Could be how in the seventies. Because like I read, yeah. Because like sometimes I read stories. It's like an eighteen-year-old man was apprehended today, and I'm like, that's not a man. That's a boy. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's deceptive. No, it doesn't say. It just says a man. That's it. It's a man. Oh man, what do you like? What did you you don't. Did he, you, not just on weed do you do that. No, yeah, no, no it must have been more than I that. can barely butter a sandwich. Well, apparently yeah. that's what it was. I don't know if they ended up testing the guy or not, but that's what they say. That's all he did. Did he? Is, is he still alive? Yeah, he's still alive. And and here's, you're going to love this. Did he live without a willy? 
No, well, I guess they found it and they sewed it back on or whatever. Who knows? You can live without one. Come on, you don't need it. But this is a quote directly from the man himself. I chopped off my penis for the greater good and to repent my action. Okay. <laughs> well, why didn't you say that to begin with? It would have Well, that makes complete sense now, doesn't it? No, he's not so crazy at all. No. Nah. Just think what you'd have to chop off Jesse to repent. Fucking hell. Oh, God. <laughs> I'd chop it all off. I'd, um, what would I do? I'd dress my willy up like the silver tongue of Jebediah Springfield in The Simpsons with a little cowboy hat <laughs> and negative. Then I'd take both my balls and use them as new ear stretches. <laughs> One ear would be bigger than the other. <laughs> wow. Uh, why does he let us back? It's his own fault. Well, now's the time where you plug your shit where people could complain and send hate mail. Go ahead, my friends. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to. So yeah, um, I've got no at gmail dot com still active. So just send us your. Tell okay, us yeah. what you do with your severed genitalia. <laughs> Top Jesse's story. <laughs> Our um, long overdue podcast is still in the works, and it will be. Shut done. up! Come on now! It's, come on! It's in the works. It'll come eventually. But also, I'm doing shitloads of music stuff right now as well, which is very exciting and very cool. But I don't want to talk about any of the music I'm involved with because I don't want to associate this oh. filth with that. <laughs> Fair enough. Correct. If my employer asks, my name is John Silver and I'm unemployed. <laughs> okay, well, for myself, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter under Finger Styles. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, the podcast app. Email us your thoughts, suggestions, comments, anything you want to get off your chest at the podcast app at gmail.com. Please rewind to the top of the show. Support those fine sponsors because if it helps them, it most definitely helps me out. Most importantly, please rate, subscribe, review on all major platforms. Why do you guys have to mock me all the time? It hurts. <laughs> it hurts my soul when you mock no, me. No, it doesn't. Mocking is the sincerest form of delete. This, this is British love. Yeah. Um, yeah, send him your penis suggestions. Well, oh, I thought you said, send him your penis, penis in the mail. <laughs> On that note, he's Jesse, he's Max, I'm Steve, this is the podcast, peace. Peace.